This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Humstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. So last episode, we talked about getting an agent from Thomas's and my point of view. In this episode, we're going to talk to you about how to get an agent from the agent's point of view. So we'd like to introduce you to one of our favorite people and an outstanding agent. Drum roll, please. Da 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 da. Rochelle Gardner, who <laughs> Yay, happens Rochelle. to be not just an amazing agent, but one of the top bloggers about agenting on the interwebs. Apparently, she's a huge deal. And as someone who's looked at her web traffic, I can tell you, she really is a huge deal. Those aren't just inflated Twitter numbers. She's got quite the following. So, yes, you're going to get Rochelle live today. But seriously, if you do not subscribe to her blog, you need to go and do that. And we'll give you some details on that at the end of the show. So, Rochelle, I first met Rochelle. Rochelle, I think it was we met at Denver uh, at a writing conference in Denver probably back in 2009, somewhere around there. And you actually invited me to do a blog post on your blog. And uh, Chuck from Writer's Digest saw that blog post, asked if I was truly a debut author. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm a debut author. And he ends up putting me in Writer's Digest in the breaking in column. So I have you to thank for that. I had no idea, Jim. That's an awesome story. I do remember meeting you in Denver. That seems like a long time ago. It does seem like a long time ago. But I was I was immediately impressed with Rochelle. Great sense of humor. Very sharp. Witty. Knew the industry. And one of those meetings where you go, okay, I'm going to become friends with this person. So... Seriously, if you do not know who Rochelle is, folks, she's somebody you can get to know on the internet very easily, and I sure encourage you to do that. And didn't you write a massive three-part blog post for me? (laughs) I did. did. (laughs) It was pretty good. I remember that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, a long time ago. So, Thomas, now, how did you and Rochelle first connect? I have no memory of this place. Rochelle has just always been. (laughs) Well, I don't remember exactly how either, but um, Thomas built my website. So it was sometime back when I, I wanted to switch uh, my website over from Blogger to WordPress and I needed a, you know, a new design and everything. And um, I hired Thomas's company and, um, and his company is still um, you know, managing the back end of my website. So and we've had a lot of other associations since then, but that's, I think, how it started. Yeah, I think that is. Okay, so, I love it. So I, she's actually my client instead of the other way around. You don't get to say that very often with literary agent. And speaking of literary agent, we do have a lot of questions for you, and I know our, our listeners have a lot of questions. And one of the things that Jim and I talk about is how important uh, your writing and your platform and your idea is when it comes to getting an agent. Uh, which one of those do you pay the most attention to? Or what is the most important to you when you're looking for somebody? So great writing, great platform, and great idea. Um, those are the big three, and we've I've I've been talking about those big three to my um, authors forever. As you guys talk about it all the time, one is not necessarily more important than any other. Except I'd have to say for fiction, the writing is definitely the most important by far. So I'm talking to novelists mostly here today, and so the writing itself is. Got, it's got to be stellar. You can have an idea that if, so, if somebody just heard your idea, um, they might not really get a lot out of it. But once they start reading your writing, they, they keep turning pages and they just love the story. So the idea is secondary. And for uh, 
novelists platform is also going to be secondary because you're going to you're going to try and build that um, as you're as you're going and after your novel comes out. So writing is number one, and it really just has to be a page turning story. So, so Rochelle, if those are the big three, and we like we say we agree with that, what would be four and five or six or the the more minor things where you go, okay, after that, I'm really looking for in a writer. So it's really interesting because there really isn't much after that. <laughs> um, interesting. Of course, there is. Um, there, I guess I, I could say it's, it could be the writer's personality. Are they a good fit for me? Do we get along just on a personal level? Do I, um, if sure. I happen to meet them at a conference, do I really connect with them and enjoy talking with them? So there's that personal aspect. Another thing is if I hear something that really sounds original, which is rare. It's more rare than you would think. So to come up with an original idea, something that on first glance sounds really um, new and fresh, that would be something as well. And, and this is all subsets of, you know, great idea, great platform and everything. But um, I guess those are a couple more things that are important. I've got this amazing idea <laughs> for, uh, it's for this romance, but it's with vampires, but there's a twist. They're in high school, but Thomas. the vampire students are actually really old high school students. They're like 80 years old, but it's okay because they don't look old, and I, I think it's going to be totally fresh and new. You are full <laughs> of great ideas, Thomas. I'm going to sign you tomorrow. Uh, to, uh, so, Rochelle, do you ever, and I'm sure this happens, where you run into a great idea where you're going, oh, my gosh, this is fresh, original, and then the writing doesn't back it up or can't. Yeah, I actually have had that happen. Um, I have had that happen and it, it is such a disappointment um, because, you know, you go into th- into things wanting to love it, especially if the idea is so good that you want to love the story. Um, but that's pretty common. Um, not everyone is ready to write that story. Not everyone is as skilled with writing um when they get started. So yeah, sometimes it happens. It's very disappointing. Um, but you move on. Okay. You bring up something just now that I think is really important and I didn't get it before I got into the publishing industry. And, and, and people have probably heard it before, but I'd love you to expand on that a little bit. And that is agents at conferences or on the internet anywhere, all, you know, they're little gods, right? They're almost untouchable. And yet you discover that you would love to find, you are searching out and seeking that next great author. So it's not that you don't want to find them. It's just that there are certain qualifications before you're ready to sign them. Well, because there are so many writers and so so few comparatively slots for writers and so few agents, it feels like there's these big barriers to getting an agent or getting published. And so the agent kind of stands in that place of being a gatekeeper. And so I think people set up these obstacles in their mind like, oh, you know, that agent is, uh, I can't talk to them or, you know, they're not even like a real person or something. It's just, and they feel like we exist to keep you out. But we're the opposite. We're, we're right. desperate for good writers. We are right. here to find writers that we can help get published. And, you know, that's, that's what we want. Everything we look at and everyone we talk to, we want to love it. Okay, okay. Rochelle, let's say that I'm an author and I've had a couple of books that have come out and they've not sold well. Uh, I, sometimes, in fact, we have some authors who listen to this show and that's been the situation. They're wanting to relaunch their career. What advice do you have for them? Uh, is it 
no hope? It's like once you have a couple bad books, there's no hope for you ever again? Or is there something you can do to uh, relaunch that career? It, it is very difficult. But if I were already working with that author, that person was already my client and their books have not been selling very well, then we would we would really put our heads together and we would have to strategize. Um, and it might be different depending on whether they're publishing fiction or nonfiction, but we've got to really get in there and try and figure out um, why their books aren't selling very well. Um, is it the writing or the topic or is it the publisher or did they have bad titles or did they have bad covers? So we're going to try and um, figure out what that is and then we're going to try and see if we can find a, a back door in, maybe find a smaller publisher that's interested in publishing them or maybe even pairing them up with a um, perhaps a best-selling author that they can write something together. Um, there's ways to do it. It's just not always easy. And sometimes we'll have them do some self-publishing and see if they can get their numbers up by doing their own promotion and enough to impress a publisher so that when we go out again, we can say, look, this author has really been working on their platform. They've been able to sell all these books on their own. And so now we think they're ready. So it really does take some some strategizing. What would would you ever go to an author? Would you ever champion an author that is not your client and you go, wow, they didn't sell well, but I see the potential? Or is that just, I, I have so many other clients to work on, that's too big a project to take on? Probably it's usually too big a project to take on, but like everything, it just depends. I would say it would be more likely to do that in nonfiction than in fiction, because in nonfiction, it's either easier to change gears. But um, in fiction, it could be possible. Perhaps the author wants to go out under a pseudonym, uh, maybe the author wants to change genres, so they're kind of going to go out almost as a new author. So uh, if there's something that impresses me enough, it's not out of the question that I would consider it. Okay, that's that's kind of good news. Now I'm gonna we're going to turn the tables on you a little bit and put you on the spot because there we have a lot of people right now in the audience going, I would love Rochelle to sign me. But there are also people in the audience going – why do I need Rochelle or any agent? The, I'm doing indie. I'm, I, that's the way I want to go. Uh, why traditional publishing? Well, that's a great question. And the thing is, if you don't have any desire to be traditionally published, then it's not even a question to worry about. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't, you know. <laughs> um, the thing is, a, a lot of people are better suited to indie publishing and a lot of people are making a lot of money doing that and that's fantastic but not everybody is suited for that not everybody is set out um, within uh, not everyone has an entrepreneurial mindset which you really have to have if you're going to be an indie publisher and you have to be taking responsibility for all aspects of your writing career Um, some people really would rather just write and I have a lot of clients like that they they know that they have to do the necessary marketing and promotion and they have to do editing and all of the things that go along with it, but they don't necessarily want to be an entire small business. They want to be in partnership um, with an agent and a publisher, and um, and so that works for them. And then some people, I'd say a lot of people are in this category, they've just always dreamed of being published, and until they get yeah. a yes 
um, until they get a yes from an established agent and then an established publisher, they don't really feel like that dream has been fulfilled. So it's very personal. Um, If that's your dream and if you really would like to be partnered up in this process, then getting an agent and a publisher is the path for you. But if indie publishing is right for you, that's fine too. We don't have, you know, we don't set it up as being in opposition to that. Uh, I'm going to repeat just something you said that I thought was so good that indie published uh, authors that want to be indie published, they have to think of themselves as an entire small business. So yeah, it's a really good point. Absolutely. And even authors who are partnered with an agent and a publisher um, are much better off if they have a business mindset towards it. But they are still a little bit more free to focus on the writing itself and not have to, to be a whole business. Okay, Rochelle, we uh, cannot let you go without hearing. You have to have some stories of, of uh, let's say, unusual ways you've been approached uh, being an agent. Do you, you want to tell us one or two of those? It's kind of funny about being an agent because there's so many people in this world that want to write a book or they have written a book and they want to get published. So I've learned from long experience um, to just not really volunteer that information that I am an agent, <laughs> right. like when I'm at a party or something. And um, so I have had some really kind of I've, I've been stalked a lot of times in a lot of different ways and I'm not really stalked but just approached in places when I wouldn't expect it um, one time I was sitting at a sporting event I was watching my daughter play volleyball and another mom came to sit next to me and she says are you Rochelle Gardner and I said yes and you know my daughter's playing volleyball right there and um, she says I have a query in your box right now. And then she started to talk to me about her, her project. And um, I, I was kind of, I was so, it was so out of context for me because I was trying to pay attention to the game. And she started telling me all about her project and everything. And, you know, it didn't end up working out for her. But um, <laughs> then I had this other situation that was just really recent. And um, I, I, I went to a new dentist that I had never been to before. And so he's, he's just kind of chatting me up and asking me questions. And, and he says, um, you know, oh, so you're self-employed. You work at home. And I said, yes. And, he, and so he keeps saying, well, what do you do? And I'm kind of hedging like, I work in publishing. And he's like, oh, are you one of those, uh, you know, uh, an agent? And I said, <laughs> yes. And then he says, well, my wife. Oh, and no. then he starts going on about his wife's um fantasy science fiction I don't know what it was um, story and he starts telling me all about it and my eyes are kind of glazing over and he's and I mean I'm at the dentist you're sitting in the dentist chair I'm sitting in the dentist chair I don't expect to be pitched and then a few minutes later his wife walks in oh my gosh and she hands me her card and then she starts telling me about her story and I just I get it and I understand and I kind of admire people who are that brave to just start talking about it but you know, when I kind of have my mouth open in the dentist chair, it's, it just feels really weird. So A little bit of a vulnerable situation. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the stories you hear about um, writers approaching agents in all kinds of weird times and places, they are definitely true. <laughs> I love all right. It. So I know a lot of our listeners, before we go, want to hear like your advice specifically on like how do I submit to an agent in the ways that will most increase my chances. So what do you want to see in terms of query letters and proposals? 
Well, the, the one thing that everyone always says is your best chance is if you identify the agents that you think would be right for you by using a resource such as um, the, the Writer's Digest Guide to Literary Agents. Um, there are also websites. And try and identify agents that represent the kind of books that you write so that you're targeting correctly to begin with. Because some agents say, I don't represent any fantasy or sci-fi, for example. And other agents only represent fantasy or sci-fi. So you want to um, target it correctly. Um, and the next thing you want to do is just be professional. And we can give you all kinds of advice about how to approach an agent but the the main thing is you just want to be readable and professional as well as um, I'd say kind of have a, a friendly tone to you so if you write a query letter I want it to be professional in that it quickly and concisely gets me to the point of what your book is about um, and then I want to know a little bit about you and if you're a novelist then the part about you is less important than if you were a nonfiction author. For nonfiction, platform is much more important, and you need to, um, you might have credentials that are required for your nonfiction topic, but for a novelist, um, just a very quick, you know, one sentence to two sentences about yourself, um, unless you've won any awards or you've gone to an MFA program, if you have anything specific about your um, sort of fiction writing credentials, you can include that. But other than that, I just, I really want to be able to quickly understand the genre of your story and what it's about. I want to know enough to know whether I want to request to see it. So just be professional. Um, That's kind of vague, but you'd be surprised at how many queries we get that are highly unprofessional. Think about what would be unprofessional and then don't do that thing. (laughs) (laughs) What are some things that you wish writers uh, would do that are seeking an agent uh, that you don't see very often? Um, Let's see that I don't see very often. Um, I do think it's hard for writers to concisely summarize their project. Um, So to come up with a brief way of explaining their project. And I think that that requires a lot more work than most people think. So I'd say to be able to explain it um, in a concise way is is really important. Um, another thing that I just think is crucial is you've got to make that switch in your mind, that, um, that mindset switch. Once you decide you want to be published – You're not just a writer, just writing words for yourself. You've got to turn on that business mindset Mm -hmm. and you've got to approach it as if you're writing a business plan and approaching venture capitalists for money. You've got to take a professional approach. So you need to be researching the industry, reading some books about publishing, reading um, websites and blogs about how publishing works, reading agents' blogs, so that you're not going in with just no clue of how it all works. Now, I'm sure your listeners are already doing that because they're listening to your podcast, and um, that's a great place to be. It means, you know, they are already, they already know that there's a lot to learn. But be informed as, as much as possible about how the publishing industry works because, it's impossible for us to um, really work with people who just don't know how it works. Like I do get, a, I get a lot of letters from people who say, I'd like to hire you to be my agent. And um, <laughs> I mean, they kind of, they think 
um, it works kind of like I'm a lawyer or a you know, an accountant or something. And um, I wish I had the freedom to just say yes to everyone who comes along, but I don't. So people need to just really understand how it works before they approach us. Rochelle, I've heard you say on your blog and in person a number of times that you want to know what the publishing industry is like. Watch the show Shark Tank. Could you talk a little bit about why that is? Yes, I love Shark Tank because <laughs> Me too. these, um, you know, people with businesses and products that they've invented, um, they stand in front of a group of venture capitalists um, basically telling them, here's my product and I would like for you to invest in it. And writers need to understand that a book proposal to a publisher is the exact same thing. Um, and it has, um, it's, it's just as important for you to be professional and to be pointing out here are all the things about it and here's why it's going to make money basically. You're never going to say those words but in the same way that um, the business owners on Shark Tank are asking those venture capitalists for money, you're doing the same when you're asking a publisher to invest in you and you're also doing the same even approaching an agent because an agent is going to be putting untold hours into you and your project, um, not knowing if they're going to get paid for that, but right. they're, you know, we are taking a risk, assuming that it's going to work out, we're going to sell it, and we're all going to make an income, um, but you need to show me why it's worth it for me to put all that time into it, and then you certainly need to show the publisher why it's worth it for them to make that large investment, which is um, going to be tens of thousands of dollars or more not including the advance. Um, it's an investment, and you're, you're a small business owner trying to sell your product. That's so good. That's so good. We are, we are running out of time, but I know a lot of people are going to want to know a whole lot more, and you talked about um, reading books, and this is one of the things that I've noticed really separates kind of beginning authors who are struggling with authors who are more successful is how many books about the industry and about you know, sending query letters and proposals that they've read. Which, which books would you recommend? that our listeners read? What are your favorites? Um, let's see. Um, I think it's good to read something like My Michael Hyatt's Platform, which is a good place to start. Um, I think it's really important to understand about marketing, and you could read Rob Eager's um, Sell Your Book Like Wildfire. That is also about marketing. Um, let's see. There's also... Um, how to write a let's see how to write a book proposal and then there's another one I like Jeff Herman's book about book proposals is very good um, so and I also would recommend that you have the latest copy of the writer's market um, it's kind of a pricey book you don't need to buy it every year but at least buy it once because it always has a lot of good articles in the front that talk about publishing in general and then there's it's an exhaustive listing of publishers as well as agents and um, everything's broken down by categories like children's publishing Christian publishing or you know all the different categories so those are just a few to get started. And Rochelle, you have written a number of books on the subject, little uh, booklets on the subject as well. Are, can people still get a hold of those? I actually only have one available right now. It's called How Do I Decide? And it's about uh, self-publishing versus traditional publishing. And it's not pitting them against each other, but it's actually just asking the question, how do I make that decision? What are the criteria that I should consider when I'm trying to decide between the two? And I kind of just talk about 
you know, what I mentioned a couple minutes ago, which is the reasons you might consider one over the other and figure out which is right for you. All right. And we will have links to all of these books in the show notes at novelmarketing.com slash 82 for episode 82. And if you want to get a hold of Rochelle or, or send her a query, uh, Rochelle is an agent with Books and Such Literary Agency. And I might have already said this, but their blog is absolutely exceptional. So I definitely recommend you going there. And like Thomas said, we'll have all those links in the show notes. This edition of Novel Marketing has been brought to you by My Book Progress. If you want to track the progress of your book and share that with your visitor. So it helps motivate you to write and get your book done on deadline, which makes people like Rochelle happy with you and you know, your <laughs> agents like it when authors hit deadlines. But it also keeps your readers up to date with how your book is doing with a button to let them join your email list. You can grow your email list while communicating to your readers, while motivating yourself. And you can get that for free at mybookprogress.com. You want to hear your name on the Novel Marketing Podcast? A shout out for your book, your website? Easy to make that happen. Just leave us a review on iTunes on the Novel Marketing Podcast page. And Thomas, does it have to be a positive review? You know, we've been asking for negative reviews for like a year now. And so far, the lowest we got was a four-star review that had only good things to say. So, <laughs> so go ahead. Leave the five-star review. We don't care. We guess we're not making people mad enough. Maybe we should start talking about Donald Trump. Maybe that'll get the one-star reviews to start rolling in. That's right. And always, we love it when you tell one friend or 100 friends about the podcast. You've been listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast with James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. and special guest, literary agent, Rochelle Gardner. And uh, we hope been giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. <laughs>